0: At Fidelity, value is automatic, starting with the rate you can get on your cash when you open a new retail brokerage account. Learn more at fidelity.com slash trading. Fidelity Brokerage Services, member NYSE SIPC. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now kramer welcome to mad money welcome to kramerica other people want to make friends i'm just trying to make you some money my job is not just to entertain but to educate and teach you so call me at 1-800-743-cbc or tweet me at jim kramer forget fang this market's fallen in love with wang as in Walmart, Apple, Netflix, and Google. and today's stunning quarter from Walmart, one that was so good that you could argue that Amazon maybe ought to look out a little. Maybe it's time to change our acronym. The strength in Walmart impacted the whole psyche of the market, helping to fuel today's monster move, with the Dow surging 396 points, S&P climbing 0.79%, but the NASDAQ with the old Fang, advancing only 0.42%. But put it another way, Walmart, with the best growth in 10 years, Walmart, where 100 people are shopping and shopping more than ever before, buy, 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 buy. has made us so optimistic All that everybody felt compelled to buy, 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 causing the stock of the world's largest retailer to vault $8, or 9.3%. Now, I don't want to get ahead of the story. If Walmart's blowout earnings were the only thing we got today, it wouldn't have mattered all that much. I mean, Walmart stock, of course, would have been up, but that's uh, about it. We'd still rename Fang Wang. Facebook stock has dropped off the face of the earth. After that earnings disaster, acting like it had another one today, but no one even knew why it was down a lot. Amazon, at least today, just today, seemed bloodied. So why not swap it out for a surging Apple? Just for the moment, as we love Amazon on my money, I'm just saying it's just a second, okay? No no way we're ever going to really abandon Amazon at this pace. Now, Netflix is too low to go, too low to go away. Although, if it were at all alliterative, I would have switched out Netflix for Microsoft. But how memorable, how impactful is... You get it. And Google, I love it more than ever, especially since it was one of the few stocks that actually went down today as Fang shareholders acted like jilted lovers and fled the once-sainted acronym. No, when we have days like this one, we need to go back to the archives and resurrect the gospel according to Bruce from Dancing in the Dark. You can't start a fire without a spark. The spark was a simple one. The Chinese are coming. The Chinese are coming to Washington soon, soon maybe, to start up low-level trade talks. I threw in the wor- words low-level because I heard those two words all day. The fact is that any talks are better than no talks, and this market craves talks. This market wants some stability. And this morsel, coupled with statements we got from the president's chief economic advisor, Larry Kudlow, on uh, Squawk this morning, that NAFTA and European trade talks are going well that was the spark the bulls needed to stampede the bears. Sure, it could have been derailed by turkey. But turkey was a turkey burger, which uh, is actually the same as a nothing burger. The spark might have died out at the Chinese stock market and cratered again. But while the Chinese market was down, it didn't settle at the low. So even though it was bearish, it was more faux bearish, like a koala. Now, this rally had a lot of breath to it. Tech got a boost from Cisco's stellar earnings when we interviewed CEO Chuck Robbins this morning on Squawk on the Street. I heard a level of confidence from this man that made me think the stock's current $45 perch is just a way station on the road to 50. Customers all over the world are buying Cisco's product, both because they're flush and optimistic, especially in Europe. But there's a surprise. And because they crave Cisco's software solutions for security and the Internet things. You remember it was a hardware company. Now it's more like a software company. Plus, I think Cisco is going to be very involved in the global upgrade to 5G wireless. And tech investors are desperate for a clean way to play that story. So, but let, let's go back to that initial spark, the trade talks with China. When it comes to Chinese tariff worries, few stocks have been more punished, oh, more just beaten around the head, than Boeing, which gets a quarter of its orders from the People's Republic. So this was a fabulous day to get a call from UBS, slapping a more than $500 price target on Boeing. Because the cash flow is insanely good here. The UBS Evidence Lab, it, you know, that's kind of like CSI, uh, notes that people are underestimating Boeing's service revenue stream and their fixation on making a lot more money per plane. This call would have been ignored entirely, except that today we had visions of Chinese capitulation dancing in our heads. You know the drill. If Boeing goes higher, then you buy the usual Chinese oriented names Honeywell, United Technologies, Catapult, Emerson. Since last week, we've also been fearful that Apple would get caught up in the trade war. You get a truce, it lowers the chance of an Apple boycott. Hence why that stock hit a new all-time high today. When you get a rally going, it takes on its own momentum. The big banks have seen their stocks get marked down off of Turkey. But the Turkey Burger gave these stocks a chance to rebound. I want you to keep track of the stock of Goldman Sachs here. We seem to have forgotten already that Warren Buffett just bought a ton of shares. And he's not a flipper. He's an owner. Of course, it was another great day for financial technology. a MasterCard, Visa, American Express all rally. So do. Now, let's return to where we started, the largest retailer in the world, Walmart. We have seen time and time and time and time again situations where a retailer puts a good number, its stock flies up, and then we discover there was some one-time gain or a helpful month of good weather or friends and family or counter switch on the conference score. You rarely see something like today where the retail stock is up and then it keeps going and going and going higher the more we found out. And that's what happened with the stock of Walmart. It wasn't just that Walmart delivered four point five percent same-store sales growth. By the way, that's the best in a decade. Or that Sam's Club, which has been pruning its underperforming stores, gave you five percent comp. That's awesome. Have you been to Walmart lately? Honestly, I'm asking you. Like, you know, have you gone to one? I mean, you when know, I go to mine. It feels like the Walmart of old, where I knew I could go in and pick up things, pick up things I didn't even need, just because they were so darn cheap that I that I expected to be like this McCormick French's mustard I spied in Louisiana Walmart recently. I mean, I wanted to buy a boatload of it, but my wife said, "What are we going to do with it?" I said, "Does it really matter? It's so cheap." She won, anyway. But I'll I'll tell you what I like best: it was e-commerce. Walmart is finally catching up and, some would argue, pretty much passing every other brick-and-mortar chain with some astounding 40% growth. These guys have real online game. I Googled Sam's Club today to find out a little more about it. I'd see what I could learn. You know what? At the top of the queue when I Googled, I saw a map that had the closest to Sam's Clubs to where I was standing. Hey, I expect that from Amazon, not Walmart. As CEO Doug Williams said on the call, and I quote, we continue to bring digital capabilities to our stores to deliver a seamless experience for customers. However, they choose to shop. Yeah, you know, in other words, bricks and mortar is not a liability. Doug's done a phenomenal job. A few years ago, he committed to spending a fortune to expand online and turn Walmart's brick and mortar locations from a liability into an asset. It crushed the stock on the show the walton family still in control of the joint told him he had the black their blessing they made the right call because it all worked last night i finished my monologue i always like to call it a monologue because that's what johnny had i finished my monologue noting that some people might think i was crazy (laughs) because they said because i said that i probably was not being bullish enough last night but i kept thinking Hey, what if something good happens? What would sideline buyers do if there was a signal that the world isn't falling off a cliff, like the one Cisco gave us? What would sellers do if China signaled it wanted to make amends? Whoa, what would Walmart, if Walmart reported a good number, what would we do? What would we do? Well, the bottom line, we didn't have to imagine it. We got all those positives, and it's jarringly bullish. Sure, this evening, we got some disappointing forecasts from both Applied Materials and, alas, poor NVIDIA, something that you know we've been flagging endlessly could be the case here on the show. Still, though, if we hear the Chinese might give in on some key ass, then this move may last longer than the bears think, especially if we get a few more good days of wang! Preston in New York, Preston!
1: Hi, Jim.
0: Hi, Preston. Earlier this
1: week, you spoke about new auto sales being down. Millennials prefer ride-sharing. And if you throw in the trade uncertainty, what are your thoughts on Sirius XM, Siri? Also, do you think Sirius can hold its ground with Mm. Apple streaming Spotify and potentially Amazon in the same space? All
0: those are a problem. Which is why oh, the stock down. is – that's why the stock is oh, – look, I've been a stalwart on this stock now. I think we've caught almost a triple. Uh, and I've done that because, uh, like Teen Sue tells us, the CEO of Zora, this is a subscription economy. I'm not backing away. This is still a good subscription play, and it does work on used cars, and used cars are in vogue. Can I go to Lee in Virginia? Lee. Oh, yeah,
1: Jim. Oh, yeah. I bought some shares of Canada Goose in June, but it has dropped a lot since then. Um, The initial 10% drop came after they announced a secondary share offering, but uh, it's recovered a little bit and then it dropped again without a whole lot of news other than its earnings report that included a smaller than expected loss. Should I use this dip to buy some more? Well, or i got to tell you, Liam, I, mean, I did a lot of work else. on
0: Goose when they reported. Because remember, we said sell it before the quarter. Then went all the way up. Then we're all the way back. And my thinking is, is that this is actually a decent level to buy because they were very cautious. Uh, they were a little too, um, let's say, how do you want to put it, conservative in their forecast? And that's what drove the stock down. I think it's a great long-term play, and that's what really matters. How about Dave in Illinois? Dave!
1: Hi, Jim. As you probably know, um, we're, I wanted to ask about uh, Alexian Pharmaceuticals, ALXN.: Yeah, They delivered an impressive quarter2 earnings speed about three weeks ago. Since then, though, it's down about 15 percent, bit of a laggard in the healthcare sector. Um, we've seen this before with worries about uh, patent expiration and those types of things, but nothing really seems to be behind this most recent decline. What do you think? Well, we no,
0: no, no, that's not fair. Baker Brothers, who were my, one of my absolute favorite biotech investors, whom I followed for years when I did my biotech Bible at thestreet.com, they have filed to sell uh, a lot of their stock. And that is uh, something that makes me uh, less sanguine and less likely to want to bottom fish in Alexion. All right, you heard it here first. WANG is an acronym that you should be, uh, it, should, it should be on your radar screen. Don't forget, the W is Walmart, but the A this time we're putting in Apple. And it's not just the French's at Walmart. Listen, those winners, plus a signal from China that we can finally make amends, helps spur today's jargonly positive performance. Oh man, Money Tonight, with so many unknowns in this market, is it time to plug into a utility like American Electric Power? I'm sitting down with the CEO to find out what's happened. Then, It's a company that's behind more than 150 brands and products including Tinder, Vimeo, and Dictionary.com. And you may not even know it. I'll reveal the company and tell you if it's worth owning. And Elizabeth Warren may have just unlocked the key to finding the best investments in this stock market. I'll explain. So stick with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at cnbc.com. or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. At Fidelity, we work to get you a better price for every trade. See how much we saved investors last year at fidelity.com slash priceimprovement. Fidelity Brokered Services, member NYSE SIPC. Earlier this week, we checked in with one of our favorite technicians, Carly Garner, who argued that investors have gotten way too negative on U.S. Treasury bonds. She thinks we could be poised for a major rally in bond prices, and when bond prices go up, their yields go down. If that happens, it could be huge for a whole host of high-yielding stocks that tend to be held back by higher interest rates. And just think about the utilities like American Electric Power, (AEP). sports about a 3.5% yield. Ever since bond yields started cooling off earlier this summer, aep has been able to mount a nice rally, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's got more room to run. This company owns the largest power transmission network in the United States, along with some major power generation assets. Lately, they've also been embracing renewables. When AP reported three weeks ago, the company delivered a significant top and bottom line beat without raising rising interest rates to hold the stock back. You know what? This could be a big winner. So let's check in with Nick Akins. He's the chairman and CEO of American Electric Power. Learn more about the quarter where the company's headed. Mr. Higgins, welcome back to Mad Money
1: great to be with you again jim
0: all right so Nick you're uh, still going straight forward you think the five to seven percent earnings growth is in the cards how can you be so confident
1: absolutely the investment plan that our company has will continue to grow uh, we're at five to seven percent growth rate uh, our, our capital forecast matter of fact uh, this last quarter we extended the capital forecast to, to 2021 to really show the markets that we were intent on that five to seven percent growth rate so as you said, the ability for us to invest in transmission, the ability to invest in the changing energy environment related to uh, the way we provide our services is, is really a very positive aspect of our business.
0: Now, when we spoke uh, last couple of times, we talked about Windcatcher and how that could be helpful in growing numbers. Uh, what the heck happened here? Because, uh, you know, I, I, we both thought it was a pretty, pretty uh, inventive way to make money and also to help the country.
1: Absolutely. You know, we felt like it was a great project, but on the outset, we said, you know, our commissions have to approve these projects, and, and certainly it was, a, it was a unique project, a large investment in western Oklahoma. Uh, we were disappointed in the outcome, but at the same time, we have a firm foundation for our company with the capital investments that we can make regardless of wind catcher. Now we'll focus on smaller investments of renewables to replace that. But but certainly uh, it's one of those aspects of the business that we'll have projects, we'll have opportunities. Some will go, some won't go. But, the, but it's all built around a firm foundation of being able to be selective about those projects we move forward with.
0: Did you uh, able to reconcile your uh, trying the whole time to reduce your carbon footprint since I've met you? with what happened ultimately with Windcatcher?
1: Yeah, so Windcatcher was one of those where we were getting out ahead of our resource plans. We file individual resource plans in all the jurisdictions, the 11 jurisdictions that we serve, state jurisdictions, and, and certainly there's small capacity that you build, small wind farms and solar and so forth that are in those plans. Well, this was a unique opportunity to get out ahead in many of those aspects. But that, that being said, you know, the risk parameters around this project became such that we had to really quantify those risks. And it was great for customers, but we also wanted to make sure it was great for investors. So we go through the project, go through the approvals. The project doesn't move forward, but we still continue with our resource plans of smaller projects that will fill the gap.
0: All right. So talk me about your, uh, your area where are the uh, – where's the strongest markets? Where's the big growth?
1: Yeah, certainly we have big markets in both uh, – in, in Texas and in the Midwest. Uh, certainly the, uh, the states that we serve in the south-central part of the U.S., Along with the Midwest states, the energy economy is certainly substantial. So we're, we're growing. Matter of fact, we're growing higher than the GDP of the country. Um, certainly our income growth continues to be there. Job creation continues to be there. Uh, residential, commercial, and industrial load in particular uh, continues to improve. So the fundamentals of, the, of the, uh, the, the area of the country that we serve are very positive and continue to be so.
0: Now, Nick, I've been paying close attention to Southern, and I can't ask you to opine on Southern. That's not fair. But I can't ask you to opine on nuclear power. I, we just saw another bump up in how much this, uh, this twin power, uh, nuclear power, uh, I don't know, uh, enterprise that Southern was trying to do. Are we ever going to build another nuclear power plant? It, Nick, it, it seems like you could bankrupt anybody.
1: I think you have to really think about in today's environment where technology is going, certainly where natural gas prices are, uh, it's it's a significant, significant challenge to build a large central station generation facility and take on that amount of risk. Obviously hats off to Southern for, you know, moving that process forward relative to nuclear But at the same time, when we look at it from an investment thesis, we have the largest transmission system, multiple sets of projects, certainly projects that are emerging on the distribution side relative to to, uh, distributed energy resources and the infrastructure associated with it, the magnitude of the small projects add up to much less risk for investors. So when we look at the future in terms of investment with distributed energy resources, where technology is going, certainly from a transmission standpoint, those are those are investments that we can make that minimize risk, not only to our customers but to our shareholders as well.
0: Do you think it'll ever uh, be impactful to America Electric Power's grid uh, when we go, at, uh, let's say, tip more toward electric cars, which I know are uh, incredibly popular in the country?
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, we see it as, as a further channel growth, sales channel growth for the utility industry. And and when you look at electric vehicles, which we announced today, uh, uh, charging stations to be built around the Ohio area, uh, that's a major effort on our part to ensure that the infrastructure is there to support electric vehicles. And certainly we sell the electricity to electric vehicles, but also it really is an avenue for transportation to make sure there's accessibility to everyone uh, without having to go to a gas station, for example.
0: Well, look, I'm glad that WindCatcher didn't, uh, the, the cancellation didn't make you skip a beat because you know we recommend you because people want income, and it sounds like a solid situation as always. I want to thank Nick Aikens. Nick is the chairman, president, and CEO of American Electric Power. Remains my favorite utility for you to buy. Yeah, have money's back after. Just because the stock's been rallying like crazy, doesn't mean it's expensive. Some companies are so ridiculously underappreciated that their stock could double, or even triple, and they'd still actually be cheap. Take IAC Interactive Corp. Here's a stock that just did something incredible. IAC ran up dramatically in the week leading up to its earnings report, from $147 to $168. Then the numbers were so strong when they reported that, that the stock shot from $168 to $182 the next day. Normally, when a stock runs up into the quarter, as we've learned time and again, it sells off even with great results. But IC is not a normal company, and this was not a normal quarter. Let me explain. For those of you who don't know, IAC is probably the most ubiquitous company that the typical consumer has never even heard of. Think of it as a house of digital brands put together by the legendary Barry Diller, the company's former CEO and current chairman. They own Ask.com, Dictionary.com, Dot Dash, Vimeo, Daily Beast, among many other brands. More importantly, they're the parent company of two major publicly traded subsidiaries, Angie Home Services, think Angie's List, and Match Group, the online dating kingpin that includes Match.com, Tinder, and OkCupid. Now, 14 months ago, I recommended IAC because I thought the stock was criminally undervalued.
1: Buy has I see
0: as a long history of incubating great ideas and then spinning them off as independent companies. They did it with Kramer Fave Expedia, they did it with TripAdvisor, they did it with Home Shopping Network, they did it with Ticketmaster, which then went on to become Live Nation. Another stock we just adore here, oh Mad Money. These guys find digital brands with a lot of potential, they nurture them and then they spin them out to harvest the profit. For example, in 2015, IAC spun off Match Group via an IPO, although they still own more than 80% of the business. Because these fast-growing properties get a better valuation when they trade independently, and so far it's been a huge home run. Of course, I thought it was a match company, Uh, like Diamond, but I've since become very enlightened. That's why I told you the stock of the parent company, IAC, had a lot more room to run. Since then, IAC has given you about, uh, I don't know, a 75% gain, uh, thanks in part to the epic rally after the company reported just last week. But you know what? I C is still, after that rally, way too cheap, uh, both one on earnings and two on what we call the SOTP, or some of the parts. If you feel like you've missed it after the staggering move, don't worry. In the words of Bachman-Turner Overdrive, you ain't seen nothing yet. How can I be so confident about this? Because I can do basic arithmetic. Look, not every stock pick is simple. Not every story is easy to get your head around. Not every winner is obvious, but man oh man, it doesn't get more obvious than I see. It's like that scene in The Warriors where Cyrus is trying to unite all the gangs in New York City, and he asks him, can you count? Because look, if you can count, you can see the value proposition here. I'm gonna boil it down for you. IC owns 87% of Angie Home Services, which is a combination of Angie's List and Home Advisor. They own 81% of Match Group. These are two publicly traded companies with valuations set by buyers and sellers, right? So they're fair. We know that this is what they're worth. Based on where the stocks are currently trading, IC's position in Match is worth $10.4 billion. IEC's position in ANGIE is worth $8.15 billion. Add them up, and those two holdings alone come to more than $18.5 billion. Yet IEC has a market capitalization of just $15.4 billion. That's right, IAC is trading like the company itself is worth less than zero. Huh? More like negative three billion? Yo, come on, man, that's lunacy. And look, it's not like this is some big secret. IAC CEO Joey Levin uh, did the math himself when the company reported in its latest quarter. He's practically beating people over the head with the fact that this stock is too cheap. That's why IAC has been so aggressive about buying back its own shares. This is the beauty of IAC's business model. When they have an incredible brand that investors desperately want to own, They can spin it off so it can get an independent valuation. Match Group is a truly amazing asset. Between Match.com, OkCupid, and Tinder, this company might as well have a monopoly on online romance. Although maybe romance is a bit of a misleading word. In the latest quarter, Match grew its subscriber base by 27% to $77 with Tinder throwing fuel in the fire up 81%. That's how Match's revenues could rise by 36%, which translated into a monster, 165% in the company's earnings per share. Wow. That was my stomach growling. As for Angie Home Services, this current incarnation was created late last year when IIC merged their Home Advisor business with the old Angie List. It was a brilliant combination. Home advisor helps homeowners find contractors. Angie's List is a crowdsourced review website where people can review local businesses, especially, you guessed it, contractors. In the latest quarter, Angie Home Services beat on every metric that matters, with service requests up 30% year-over-year, and lots of jobs that previously went unmatched <laughs> are now getting done. Now, even if IAC was just a company that owned most of Match and Angie, I'd still like the stock. But remember, IAC has all those other businesses that they're getting literally zero credit for right now. Of course, not all these businesses are necessarily on fire, but they're all worth something. There's the application division, basically a bunch of web browser extensions and mobile apps. This segment's admittedly not great, heavily geared toward a desktop-based world, but it's been shifting toward mobile. The cash flow is stabilized, and you profitable. IC's publishing business, on the other hand, is roaring, and this includes everything from DotDash to the Daily Beast, Dictionary.com, CityGrid, Investopedia. Publishing grew at a 76% clip late last quarter. Suddenly, publishing is profitable thanks to the strength at DotDash, which has transformed itself from, about, from the old about.com, that was a boring general interest website, into a house of brands. Very well for health, the balance for personal finance, LifeWire for tech, trip savvy for travel. How much should publishing be worth? Even if you only value it at two times sales, this should be a billion dollar business. Finally, there's the video division. This is all about Vimeo. That's a huge video sharing site. Here's how Joey Levin explained it in this spiel, and I'm going to quote. We're often asked how Vimeo can compete against giants in video like Netflix, YouTube, and Amazon. The answer is simple, it doesn't. Vimeo doesn't make his, its own shows or purchase any content. Vimeo doesn't sell ads nor aggregate audience in front of screens. Vimeo sells subscription software to those behind the camera, creative professionals, enthusiasts, businesses, to help them make and distribute vid- videos digitally. End quote. Yep, it's a subscription play, subscription economy. Levin continues, quote: If we only maintain a heartbeat to wildly underestimate, understate our ambition, the rest, the rising tide of video relevance ought to deliver healthy growth here for at least a decade, end quote. Granted, the stock has run up dramatically, but that's because business is incredible. And as I already explained, IAC remains ridiculously cheap. Even better, the stock has pulled back a quick 5% from its highs earlier this week, thanks to a big lawsuit from the co-founders of Tinder. They won $2 billion in damages, alleging that Tinder's valuation was manipulated to deny them a lot of money. IAC basically called the whole thing sour grapes, and I'm inclined to agree with them. They should get um, a romantic, bottom line. Despite its monster move over the past couple of weeks, you know what? I think IAC remains a buy. The last time the stock pulled back was over the spring, when Facebook announced they were getting into the online dating game. That proved to be a terrific buying opportunity. Who wants to trust Facebook with their love life? They might sell it to Russia, with love, of course. I think this latest dip's another buying opportunity. When IIC comes in, you need to stop Googling and start Bye. Bye, bye, bye greg in utah greg hey jim big Booya from alpine utah oh terrific good to have you on the show what's going on
1: well real quick too just wanted to say as a former elementary educator and uh autism in the extended family i'm just grateful for uh the philanthropy work that you do with you and your staff for autism speaks and uh just wanted to give you a big thumbs up and uh, calling about eBay today.
0: Uh, well, first of all, you're very kind. Uh, that was a ter- terrific word, and I really appreciate it. eBay's tough. Uh, they don't have the momentum that I that they once had. I want to be very careful with the stock. I cannot recommend it here. I vastly prefer the other part that got spun out, and that is PayPal. I think that stock still works, although we did some trimming recently for ActionLarsPlus.com, telling club members that it's really gotten very high. Now, even considering its big move higher, I still think IAC's is buy. A pullback could be prime time to swipe right on this one. There's much more mad money ahead. What Elizabeth Warren and three stellar CEOs have in common. Then after this week's roller coaster ride on the average, does your portfolio have what it takes to survive any market? I'll be the judge of that when we play MI, Reversify, and Oil Calls, Rapid Fire. in tonight's edition of The Lightning Round, so stick with Kramer. tomorrow kick off the trading day was squawk on the street live from post nine at the nyse this is the age of walmart david faber david <laughs> david david it's the age always oh, always geez. on the week he's, he's out not, he's not there yeah. he said there. oh, oh. there's david it all starts at 9 a.m eastern On a day like today where the market is roaring, it's easy to get caught up in the excitement. But that's more of a reason than ever to make yourself diversified. Diversification is the only real way to maximize your returns and minimize your risk. And that's what we like to do when we have Money, and that's why we play Am I Diversified? This is where you tell me your top five holdings, and I tell you if your portfolio is diversified enough. Maybe you need to mix it up a little. First up, we have a tweet from Prez 24 who says, Achim Kramer? Visa, Microsoft, AOSmith, Valzon, Intel, hashtag, am I diversified? Well, this is actually a little harder because I'm struggling with the idea that we should have China as a separate category entirely because uh, now... Uh, these all are going to they're not going to trade together. But first of all, we're just going to get rid of Belsen. We just don't want any Chinese stocks right now. I don't care. I think I would going to a good quarter. Forget it. Uh, we'll put United Health in there because that's a stalwart that we've been recommending endlessly. Uh, we can't own both Microsoft and Intel. So we're going to take Intel out uh, because, again, this is too much tech. And I want to put in. Uh, let's put in. Oh, how about how about Walmart? How about Walmart after today? I think that that could stay up there. Aerosmith, Smith, let's call it an industrial visa, financial tech. Financial tech, industrial retail, healthcare, and tech. And then, uh, yeah, financial retail. Yeah, fintech and tech are okay. They're different. And that's what I do. But you have to make those changes because you are undiversified. Lou in Pennsylvania. Lou. Hey, Jim.
1: Jim, I'm a value investor looking to uh, maximize my dividend income. Okay. So my five stocks are Brookfield Infrastructure Partners, VIP, right. IRM, Iron Mountain. Pfizer, Royal Dutch Shell, and UPS. Am I diversified?
0: I really like this portfolio. And I love the income. I have to admit, I love the income. Document management. There's a real estate investment trust real estate investment trust, but they do not trade together. Uh, I happen to like this. Brookfield, they have been a a solution for a lot of companies trying to figure out what to do with the real estate. Uh, Pfizer drug, uh, oil, And then, of course, transport from UPS, another great stock. These are all good yielders. We got transport, we got oil, we got a drug company. Let's call it infra. uh, I don't know retail, REIT, and then uh, document REIT. That is really terrific. I like that, and I really like the concept of using the stock market to bring in a little extra money. How about Roy in Florida? Roy,
1: oh yeah, Jim, this is Roy calling from uh, Port St. Lucie,
0: Florida. I've been there, love it. How can I help? I like to uh, play. uh, Am I diversified? Sure. Go ahead. Let's play. My stocks are, my stocks are GE, Pfizer,
1: Apple, Facebook, and S-O-N-O. All right. Am I diversified?
0: Okay. Man, these guys are playing, playing hardball here. If you got an industrial in GE and it's, you know, kind of hanging out, I need that guy Steve Tusa to upgrade it, the fellow from J.P. Morgan who hates it. Um we got Pfizer drug company we got Apple one of our favorite techs. but then we got two other companies. I'm gonna call Sonos a Tech even though it's 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 yeah, housing tech, so to speak and we're gonna and we're gonna get rid of what we're gonna do is we're gonna bring in uh we're gonna Facebook down five today look look it's just a, a, Apple is just better, okay, let's just say it's better. I'm gonna put in Iac, why not right a little diversified diversification a diversified company that's Give you diversification, and then we'll, um, you know what? I've I've been there was a great piece today for NationalGeographic.com uh, named Raytheon, and I thought it really said good things. That would fit in much better. So you get rid of Facebook and get rid of Sonos. I think it'll be terrific. That's it. Wow. Okay. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the end of M. I Diversified? More money, more mad money. After the break. It is time. It is over the light. Play the sound, and then the lightning round is over. Are you ready, Skate Daddy? Time for the lightning round. let's start with Kevin in New York. Kevin. Hi, uh, Big Jim. Uh, calling from Upstate New York. Booyah! Booyah! I'm uh, a 46er. My girlfriend, Stephanie, Jim. Booyah! Okay. Yes, indeed. Okay, I'm calling about
1: the uh, the stock, uh, Royal Dutch Shell, yeah, Class A. Kristin. Okay, everyone hates the
0: oils, which means it is time to buy the oils, uh, because when oil's going from 70 to 80, everybody is all crazy about them. Royal Dutch is very good. Ron in Jersey, Ron. Yeah, how you doing, Jim? Okay, Ron, how about you?
1: I good, good. I got to ask you a question. Okay. I've, I've owned Lamb Research, you know, a couple of times, and I made right. a lot of money with them,
0: Okay. okay. Now, I see what's going on in the market with the tech, okay? Right. And I see Lamb has been bouncing around up and down, up and down. Yes. And
1: I'm thinking of buying them, but I'm not too sure. No,
0: no. Look, Applied Materials, Materials is a fabulous company, so take what I'm saying with a grain of salt. Right now, they are caught in some difficult product transitions in terms of what their end customers want. I think the same thing will be with Lamb. There's just, it's just a kind of a glitch in time. And I don't want to recommend Lamb right now, given what Applied Materials is saying. Let's go to Tom in Texas. Tom. Hey,
1: Jim. Greetings from Austin, home of your uh, Super Bowl quarterback.
0: Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yeah, Westlake. You went to Westlake High? Where Drew Brees went. Where Drew Brees went. Great people. Go on. What's up?
1: Well, here's my question What is your opinion on New
0: Star Energy NS? A little too risky. And I mean, it. if you really want an 8% yield, you know what? You would have to take a little more risk than I would like. But I understand why you would because people feel that that group has come back. But that's not my cup of tea. I need to go to Jerry in Pennsylvania. Jerry. How's it going, Jim? All right. How about you, Jerry?
1: I'm not too bad. Go birds. Shout out to show all activity. My family, friends.
0: No problem there. Coming up. Go ahead. What's up? Uh, uh, what do you think about EBIC? Buy, hold, or sell? Uh, look, I like insurance and I like software, so I think I should like a software company that's dedicated to insurance. Let's go to Tim in Pennsylvania. Tim. Hey, Jim. This How are is you? York calling about
1: Fox Factory Holdings. I bought some and it's had a nice little ride. You know, off-road road
0: vehicles it? has always been a quandary to me, as we know from Polaris. We're going to do work on it because the stock has been so strong in the face of a lot of headwinds, i got to figure out what the heck is going on. Hey, let's do two of them. I also want to look at Carvana. How did that Carvana get so strong? Now we're going to go to Jordan in Minnesota. Jordan.
1: To you, Jim. Yeah. And thanks for all your hard work.
0: Oh, man. It has been a little hard. Thank you. <laughs>
1: Uh, my question is uh, about a stock I've owned for about a year. Time to take some off the table, but I want to know if it's a buy, hold, sell
0: on Nutanix. And no, PNX. I like Nutanix. They are terrific. They're a very competitive company. We had them on. I think they're very smart. Uh, enterprise Cloud. Now, look, let me just, at the moment I say something positive about Nutanix, I want to go double positive about VMware, which reports oh next week, and I think is excellent. I need to go to Lee in Michigan. Lee. Hey, Jim, Booyah from
1: Booyah. Michigan. Okay. Um, I have a question. I'd love your opinion about Sarepta, S-R-P-T. All right, Sarepta
0: was one that I have said, I'm going to reiterate right now. It's a great spec stock. It is up very, very big. Uh, immune diseases, you know, and I've got to tell you, it's got, one of the things we like is this RNA concept. Remember the blueprint? We've talked about it endlessly. I think the stock's good. I need to go to Bruce in Florida. Bruce. How are you, Jim? I'm Booyah good. to you from Palm Beach. Oh, Long-time listener, first time caller. Uh, Calling in regards, had a chance to uh, pick up some uh, DNR, Denbury Research. Uh, You know what? During the bad oil days, DNR stood for Do Not Resuscitate. Now, I'm not a big fan of Denbury. I think it's way too risky. I think there's so many highly qualified oils that are down right now with good yields. We had Royal Dutch earlier. I would suggest something like that. Not a single digit. I understand. Ian in California, Ian. Booyah, Professor Kramer. How you doing? Oh, man, I love getting tenure. I'm doing fine. How about you? I'm doing pretty good. Hey, I listen to your uh, podcast every single night Oh, thank while you. I'm working out. Proud to say I've lost about 20 pounds doing runs. To listen to your voice. Well, I want you to make 20 British pounds and then some if we were in London. Go ahead. Hey, my question is about Sony, ticker S-N-E. Is that a pretty good run? Yeah, but you know months? what? It's still undervalued. I think it's a good situation. I think we underestimate the strength of the Japanese market too. Uh, so Sony's okay with me. I want to go to Bob in my home state of Pennsylvania. Bob.
1: Jim, hi, good evening. Um, I was interested in United Reynolds due to its earnings. And I do not understand, system. Bob,
0: why URI cannot lift. They have a much better earnings profile than most of the stocks that are involved with infrastructure. I think it's good. I think my deal, deal a winner. I think you just have to be patient and buy. And now we're going to go to West in Utah. West. Hey, thank you, Jim, for
1: taking my call. Oh, of course, so West. My quick question is, I got four or five stocks, about 20000 each. I'm thinking we ought to sell Marathon Petroleum Company because we're about the highest Gary they've been Heminger?
0: in no. here. No, you're not selling low. Marathon. You're not selling Marathon. You're buying oh my more my. Marathon. That's how I feel so strongly about that. I like Endeavor, too. That's a twofer. But thank you for the kind words. And that, ladies and gentlemen, conclusion of the Lightning Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by T.G. Ameritrade. You want to stir up a hornet's nest? If you got a show on CBC, bring firebrand Senator Elizabeth Warren on to discuss her bill that would force large companies to give undercompensated stakeholders, think employees, more of a voice in the corporate boardroom. It's not anti-business. This is saying to businesses, hey, what you need
1: is you need a little more diversified board and you need CEOs and top executives who are incentivized not just to think in the next quarter, but to think longer arc about how this business works. That's going to be good for everybody.
0: Now, I know Warren's populist proposal doesn't have much of a chance of actually passing, and some might argue that it should be dismissed out of hand as some kind of a stealth socialism. I think that's nonsense. Warren's ideas are both thought-provoking and, at some visceral level, known to have gravitas. Who hasn't said that CEO pay has gotten out of control relative to what workers make? Plenty of executives would agree with that. Who hasn't lamented that as recently as 30 years ago, the gap between CEO rewards through stock options and employee compensation was much more narrow? When you adjust for inflation, median wages in this country have been flat for decades. That's just not sustainable. So I get what Warren wants to accomplish, but I come at it from a totally different path. I'm not sold that her idea requiring these federal corporate charters is the right way to go, but I will say this. Some of the best-run companies I follow have already taken a page from Senator Warren's playbook. Their CEOs understand that sharing the wealth is a smart way to do business. They recognize that people do better. They, they, they give you better work when they're respected, and empowered, and paid well. How do I know this? I've been schooled by three tremendous CEOs about the need to offer employees higher wages, more benefits, and a clear alignment with the success of the institution. And these three CEOs have generated incredible returns for their investors. Capitalism is not just about ripping off the little guy. As I mentioned to Senator Warren, doing well and doing good can go hand in hand. Who are these three visionary CEOs? I'm talking about Mark Benioff from Salesforce.com with a stock that's worked from 16 to 145 over the last decade. I'm talking about Jim Sinegal, the former CEO of Costco, which climbed from 63 to 223 in that same period. I'm talking about Patrick Doyle, who just stepped down at Domino's Pizza. The stock rallied from $12 to $282 under his tutelage. Now, only Mark Benioff is still with the current enterprise, but Sinegal and Doyle deserve credit for creating a workers' share the wealth ethos. At the same time, Senegal and Doyle paid out large special dividends, too. This is where I disagree with Warren. It doesn't have to be a zero-sum. I think she kind of makes it sound like it is. You can pay your employees well and still make a fortune for your investors. F has always been front and center, uh, talking about the need to reward stakeholders. I always thought he kind of invented the term, and not just shareholders. I'd say he's probably the most vociferous about it, more than any other CEO in the country. Senegal explained to me that one of the big differences between Costco and nearly every other retailer is that Costco gives its workers better pay and more benefits. How is that good for business? Simple, because it means Costco has far less turnover. How important is that? Remember, training new employees is both expensive and when it comes to your customers, potentially powerless. The customer wants to see the same solid people in the store, not endless neophytes who are unfamiliar with every- where everything is. Senegal realized it was cheaper to just pay his people more rather than constantly wasting money training up replacements. I think part of the secret behind Walmart's amazing numbers this very morning has to do with paying workers much more than they used to, so they don't defect to the competition. Obviously a wise policy. Domino's? When I asked Patty what his greatest legacy would be, I thought he'd say the digitization of the chain. Nope. He was much more proud that 90% of the franchises are owned by former drivers, pizza makers, or hourly workers. I'm sure that's music to Senator Warren's ears, but it should also be music to your ears as an investor. If you want to know why Domino's consistently beats the competition, this is part of the equation. The franchise owners know what they're doing because they used to work there. So scoff at Warren or you one, as they did in Twitter, no doubt. The fact is she's on to something. Ironically enough, she's on to how you can make the best returns in the stock market. Look, for the companies that take care of their employees, if you find them, guess what? You'll find some fabulous stocks. You know the theory we propounded just the other day about how housing is weak, not a lot of turnover? And that hurt the stock of Home Depot. After listening to Walmart today, I got to tell you, I think we should circle back to Home Depot. I think that the market has made a premature judgment. I think that company is doing quite well. As for Walmart, believe it or not, it's probably not done going up. I think people are going to be able to put, say, a 21-22 multiple on it for next year. That's how fast it's growing. That could take the stock up, blow right through 100, maybe to 110. So don't sell that yet if you own it. And I continue to believe that this is part of a progression of money. Money not going to your home, not going to your car, but going to stores. That's where all the action is. Congratulations to Doug McMillan for sticking his neck out and really delivering. Like I said, there's always a bull market summer. I promise you I'll find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer, and I will see you
1: tomorrow.
0: At Fidelity, online U.S. stock and ETF trades are commission-free zero dollar commission for online retail fidelity account u.s equity and etf trades sell order assessment fee and some account types and securities excluded see fidelity.com commissions fidelity brokerage services member nyc sipc